I'm recording the intro to the 13th episode of the Juice Box podcast in the middle of the night while I'm waiting for Arden's blood sugar to stabilize. So if you can hear me between my kind of creepy whispering and basil snoring in the background, hello. This is episode 13 of the Juice Box podcast. This one's called Mason's Mom, and it's a conversation with a diabetes mom named Michelle. Her son Mason was diagnosed around the age of five. Mason's 10 now. It's a great conversation about her and living with diabetes and uh, how Mason's adjusting. But she also goes into some detail about how she's bringing the diabetes community that she's found to love online out into the real world in her community, which is a very uplifting story. But I will let Michelle tell you. So without any further ado, this is episode 13 of the Juicebox podcast, Mason's Mom. Michelle? Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. You excited? You all ready? I'm all ready. Excellent. Well, we're just going to... Can gonna... you hear me okay? Actually, you're crystal clear. If you okay. give me you're one... really... Am I low? Yeah. Hold on one second. And we'll see if I can make an adjustment for you. Any better? Just a reminder that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. There is a full disclosure at the bottom of ardensday.com and juiceboxpodcast.com. In the end, it is your best bet to always consult with a physician before making any changes to a health plan. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast is to be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Okay, I can hear you. Am I too loud now? No, you're good. Okay, great. Michelle, I have been thinking about talking to you for the podcast for quite some time. Oh, thanks. And there's two specific reasons, but many other small reasons. So why don't we start by you introducing yourself a little bit and um, tell people about how you're connected with type 1 diabetes. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored that you asked. Um, my son, Mason, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes um, on July 21st, 2009, at the age of four. It was right before his fifth birthday. Um, he's now 10. He's doing great. Um, he's very active in sports. And um, what else do you want to know? <laughs> I, I want to know whatever you want to tell me. Um, that diagnosis age was obviously very difficult for us to handle, um, but I've since come to appreciate it as, as a gift that if it had to happen, um, I know that years could have been saved if he would have been diagnosed, you know, later in life at 10 or 20 or 30, but I've come to see that he really doesn't remember life before diabetes. And I've just learned to see that as a blessing that if it had to happen, that it happened when it did. Um, he was old enough to be able to communicate how he felt and when he was low or when he felt high. And um, I don't know. I've just learned to see that as a blessing. I think the first time that I I came to appreciate what you're saying was, you know, it was probably a couple of years after Arden began using Omnipod and stopped using, you know, we stopped doing injections. And something happened, and I had to give her insulin with a needle, and it had literally been 
God, 18 months, maybe two years since she saw a syringe. And I said to her, I'm like, hey, something's going on. We're going to have to, you know, shoot some insulin with a syringe. And I pulled it out and she was absolutely unclear about what it was. You know, and after right. giving her what I'm guessing is well over 10,000 different injections in over the years, she looked at that same needle, had no idea what it was, never remembered one of them. Yeah, right. you know, and that did two things for me. It 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 took away a lot of the the guilt and the pain that I felt from having to give her all those needles when she was two and three and four years old. And it also showed me that maybe what you said is exactly right. Like maybe not remembering before, you know, as it were, maybe that's a real kind of gift. Exactly. I think that um Early on, I felt that way too. I mean, in the very beginning, which is, you know, it's a it's a horrible time of life. I mean, it took two of us to give him a shot. I mean, he was screaming and my husband would hold him down and I would do the injection or vice versa. And it's the same thing. We weren't able to go on a pump, according to our endocrinologist, until he had um, done a year of injections. So... A lot of offices have um, that, that, I guess, yeah. kind of unwritten rule. And so, you know, I, I found your blog. Um, I found uh, Carrie at Six Until Me. And I found Lorraine at This Is Caleb. And I really began to see how life-changing the pump could be. I knew that we wanted one, but until I found your website and Lorraine's that I really see how, I mean, it's just life changing to go from, you know, an injection every time they want to eat to, you know, this huge freedom that we have with Omnipod. So I'm very, you know, thankful for that. And it's, it's certainly life changing. Do you think that the experience you had in the community and seeing, like you said, other people's blogs and watching how people were, were kind of using it pumps, do you think that pushed you to, get one sooner than you would have or no I mean I would have gotten one I would have gotten one a lot sooner yes but because of the doctor's you know rules we had to wait um I think it took away some of the fear of the pump I mean the first time you put that pod on your child (laughs) it becomes really evident that the CGM is the next logical step I mean you put this little pod on with all the insulin in there and you think, so this thing is going to regulate him. Like I'm just supposed to go to bed. (laughs) It's terrifying to, to think about that without the CGM. So then that was the next logical step. But I definitely think, I wish I would have found the DOC earlier. I think that you're, I, I was so busy trying to adapt to this new lifestyle. Like I didn't even know that I needed support. And I think that came about one year. It came about, I just started to feel lonely and your friends and your family are trying to relate and they're trying to understand what you're going through, but you know how it is. Unless you live with it in your house, it's really hard to understand how difficult it can be. Yeah, I think it's impossible for somebody to just kind of extrapolate and try to say, oh, I, I get it or I, I see. Michelle, can you give me, yes. I'm so sorry to do this. For the next few moments, you're going to hear my dogs, Basil and Indy, voraciously 
drinking from their bowl, and then it will stop. I apologize. It's kind of disgusting. All right, Michelle, I'm sorry. I There was a little glitch there where I had to go take care of my dogs, and I'm back now. And um, as we were going away, you were talking about how it's sort of impossible for people to, from the outside of type 1 diabetes, to know exactly what it's about. And then I guess it makes it difficult for you to speak to people. Is that right? It is. Um, obviously, it's something that's treatable, and it's, quote, unquote, manageable. Um, you, it, you do begin to accept it as your new normal. I mean, hopefully you do. I mean, I think our family is certainly adapted. We've made small dietary changes over the years. We're pretty healthy eaters. Um, I think there's always room to improve, but we're, we're pretty good eaters. Um, luckily for me, um, some of the best advice I had ever received came, I feel like just in the nick of time, because I remember talking to my pediatrician when we were transitioning Mason from baby food to solid foods. And we were having a really hard time. He loved all everything, vegetables, fruits, meats, until we went to real foods. He would not, he seemed to be really fussy. He didn't want to eat it. And my, it's, it's very simple advice, but my pediatrician said, just don't stop giving it to him. Cooked, raw, you know, try different things, but don't stop. She said the, the, the mistake that a lot of parents make is when they hit that and their child won't eat certain foods, they just stop giving it to them and they move to other things. And that was, you know, at the age of, what, 18 months, two years old. And luckily, by the time he was three, he was a little salad eater. I mean, we would go to dinner and he would order a salad. So luckily, because then by four years old, diabetes comes into our lives. And it was really a pretty easy transition for us to count the carbs and do those things. Plus, he's eating um, a lot of vegetables and things like that yeah, that I mean, are I, easier. I just can't imagine if we were trying to transition and he was a mac and cheese, pizza, chicken nugget, like a addicted all, child. All that like stuff, it that takes so much insulin. Yeah. Well, I can't even begin to think of how difficult that, that would have been. Well, uh, first so, of all, I, I think your pediatrician's advice is fantastic because yeah. – I mean, there was a gap in time in my life with my kids where I felt like I made more food to like put in the refrigerator for someone else to eat than they actually ate. But you kind of just keep going and it worked out better with my one child than my other. Arden's a very, you know, Arden's a very balanced eater. Like you said, like she's the kind of kid who like eight o'clock at night will be like, I'm hungry. Could someone steam me beans? You know, you know, it's like, oh, sure. You know, my son's not the same. My uh, Cole is 15 and he eats like a 15 year old, you know, right. and, and he's so active that it doesn't, it doesn't affect him physically. You know, he could, he's burning so many calories playing baseball and doing all that stuff that, that I think that he doesn't even see the other side of it, no matter how much we try to impress upon him. And now, just now as he's starting to mature, I think he's starting to get it now that his body needs certain things. If it's going to grow mm-hmm. the way he's hoping it's going to. So yeah, that's exactly. a, that's excellent advice. First of all, and secondly, way more easy to bolus for vegetables. 
yeah. <laughs> which makes everything a lot easier. Exactly. So, Michelle, I, I think I've shared this with you in the past, but you know, it was it's really nice to hear you say that in the in the early going with Mason that you found my blog and that the blog was helpful because you are you are one of the main reasons why the blog continues to be helpful today. And do you know that? Do you know what thank kind of you. a big part you had in that? You don't. No. Thank okay. you. Very I I appreciate your honesty and I think that's what drew me to your blog. I'm really hesitant to talk about A1Cs. Right. I think I've always wanted to start a blog. I I think this is important work that you do, but you do it so well, I don't need to start my own. No, you're but very nice. I feel like that is, about other people's blogs. <laughs> <laughs> my point is that it's difficult to see these really good A1Cs and have a child that I we can't get there. Um, and I... I try to remind myself that each patient is different. Each child is different. And it's so I, it's not that misery loves company. <laughs> it's not that I want to see you struggle with Arden's blood sugars. It's just it gets it gets difficult to read these blogs and it's these superstar like <laughs> A1Cs and, you know, all green lines on the Dexcom and and I've got the Rocky Mountains going on yeah. at Dexcom. And, we, you know, our A1C, for us to hit the sevens is a big deal. Yeah, you said to me, this is going back a number of years, but I already <laughs> thought I was being, I felt like I was being really transparent to begin with, right? And, but what I didn't realize was that I think in an effort to not, and to not bum people out, I was probably being more positive, like talking more about the positive things. And one day you said to me, I, I can almost quote this. I think you said, sometimes it's really difficult for me to read your blog because it makes me feel like a failure. And I was like, whoa, wait, that's the opposite of what I was trying to do. And, and then you explained why. And that opened me up to the rest of it. Like it opened me up to saying, hey, look, this is, you know, this is how things go not just the good things but but everything like the good and the bad and the whole thing because for the blog to be really valuable to somebody it has to reflect an actual day it can't just be it's not it's not stories of the great things that happen with type 1 diabetes it's supposed to be a look at the entire thing so i i give you all the credit in the world because you probably if my blog is helping people it's probably helping people do in great part to what you said to me and oh, that, thank you. No, thank you very much. I, I it, didn't want to come down on you. And it's weird because we're, we're starting a support group in our area for the hospital that I volunteer for Akron Children's Hospital mm -hmm. in our area. And we finally have a diabetes support group in the works. I'm really excited about That's it. excellent. But as a men, like I also serve as a mentor. Right. And if someone emailed me and said, I'm, you know, my child was just diagnosed. <laughs> I'm really struggling. You know, I would offer all this advice about it's just a number, you know, don't react to the number. 
don't react to each blood sugar. You know, it's just, it, you got to go with the flow and they, these kids, they grow and they're active and it's really, really hard to manage. And it's not about you, you know, and I, I struggle to take that advice. It's, we have our endo tomorrow, Sunday day. And <laughs> he's been in the three hundreds <laughs> for a week. And, and just like, I just listened to one of your other podcasts. Two weeks ago, perfect blood sugars. Yeah. I could not wait to get the A1C. We were rocking it. I was so excited. And then just like a switch, his allergies kicked in. Mm -hmm. And he's I can't I can't get him down. Yeah. So yeah. it's No, I know I had I had a week of Arden's growth spurt where where she literally grew like three quarters of an inch in yeah. like it um, in like eight days. And I was up all night just pouring on insulin, you know, trying to keep it somewhat regulated at the same time, mm -hmm. not giving her too much. And like as quickly as it, that whole thing started, it just stopped again. You know, it's just Ex like, oh, exactly. Okay. And then you're fighting the lows. Yeah, she was low the next day. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's low at school right now after being, I mean, really like stuck in the two and three hundreds all weekend. So then all of a sudden. It, easy come, easy go. Yep. I don't know. It's It stops just as quickly as it starts sometimes. And I'm going to start with the hash marks on the wall because I think it would at least be easier to handle. <laughs> like, oh, you grew an inch this week. Okay. If you could point <laughs> to something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm as we're talking now, right before you and I started speaking, I had Arden's blood sugar at 130 an hour and a half after lunch. And I was like, I am winning today. Uh -huh. And winning. then yeah. my phone rings. But she goes, hey, dad, uh, I didn't know this was going to happen. Nobody knew this was going to happen. She's talking really fast. I'm like, this is going to be food. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And she goes, uh, one of the kids in my class's birthday is now, and I have ice cream and a cookie here. And I was driving. So normally I would have said, like, can you take a picture of the cookie so I can see at least how big it is? And instead, I'm like, is it bigger than your hand? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay. I said, how many carbs do you think the cookie is? And she's like, I don't know, 20? And I was like, okay. What about the yeah. ice cream? And she goes, oh, the ice cream's got the carbs written on it. I said, oh, great. How much is that? 24 carbs. You can eat all the ice cream? Probably not. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> why don't we just say 30 carbs and go ahead and have the ice cream and the cookie? Now, I just looked at her, I just looked at her CGM on my cell phone a second ago. Her blood sugar is exactly 100, which I don't think we ever hit. But it's only been a half an hour since the ice cream and cookie conversation Right. And I'm still within three hours on lunch. This is going to get low at some point. Yes. Like, like I know for sure. Yes. And, and, and I think that's like, I think that's why sharing in the community is such a big deal and why it's, it's almost sometimes easier to tell people a story than to say, you know, don't let the number affect you or don't like, don't react to the number. Like it's such good information. Like you said, like, I mean, the things you're telling people at your outreach Absolutely 100% great advice, but even you can say, I can't even take my own advice sometimes. Like, how do I take that advice? Like, how do I look at a blood sugar that says 280 and think this isn't my fault or I screwed this up or something like that? It's a very difficult, it's a very difficult leap to make to say to yourself, oh, you know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> His exactly. blood sugar is just triple what it should be. Everything's fine. <laughs> And so, exactly. and so I think hearing people tell stories and the feedback I'm even getting about the podcast early on is that this is maybe these conversations are, are, are a, are a really good way to tell people 
this stuff happens to everybody. So, yes. you know, that's why I wanted to get you on. And I'm going to ask you a question in a second that I, you don't know is coming. So I'm not 100% sure if you're going to want to answer it or not. Oh, so no. you told me a story again a long time ago. <laughs> and so I'll start telling my half of it. And you'll either jump in or we'll end up editing this out. We'll see. Okay. Um, I've always been very honest with Arden and upfront about what insulin can do if she has too much insulin in. Like, mm-hmm. it, as as morbid as it sounds, Arden has understood from a rather young age that the insulin could kill her if she got too much of it. Right. And it's not something we talk about a lot. It's certainly not something we dwell on. But it seemed there was a certain point where it just seemed like it's it was her life and it was something she should know about. And her, she was high one time. And, and I said, uh, she was high. Her blood sugar was high one time. My daughter was <laughs> whacked out on something. No, no. Her blood sugar was really high one time. And she said, why don't you just, why don't we just give me more insulin? And I said, well, there's still insulin going and we have to wait and see what's going to happen. And she's like, well, just do more. And I said, no, I, I can't. And then I realized like, if I don't explain to her why, like these conversations are ridiculous. Right. So I told her and, 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 and that for us has been a really good a, a really good decision. She she's always known, and I I think it it's helpful. I mean, every once in a while she'll make like some like ten year old like morbid joke about dying or something like that, mm-hmm. that I'm not thrilled that she has the the grasp and understanding of. But for the most part, I'm very happy that I told her. Right. So given everything that I just said about Arden and, and her knowing ahead of time about you know the dangers of insulin. Uh, you told me a story one time I was hoping you would retell here. Could you do that yes. for me? So I think a lot of people have said things in the presence of Mason that um, are particularly hurtful. Or, But we did have an episode where he was a little low at bedtime. Mm-hmm. And a, a very persistent babysitter, you know, just trying to get him to wake up and to test because they forgot to test before bedtime and this was before cgm this was before omnipod okay said if you if you don't test you could go low in your sleep and die um and he was obviously profoundly affected he was only five years old at the time this was right after diagnosis Mm -hmm. and i so i came home to a very very shaken you know little boy and I had to be honest with him and tell him that that's why we take his diabetes so seriously and that's why we test often and that's why you know that I don't sleep and I test him a lot during the night and sometimes it would be bothersome for him and he didn't like you know being woken up you know sometimes they don't wake up but so it, it's a tough conversation, but I think especially now that Mason and Arden are coming into this age of, they kind of have this, they kind like, like just your phone conversation you had with her today about the birthday treat at school. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 20 carbs. Like, honestly, he hit Mason hits the nail on the head most of the time. Yeah. And especially with the, the guessing, the swag bullishing. You know, that just you kind of have to go with something when it's a homemade treat or you're on the fly and you do your the best you can. But if if they don't understand that they're a little high two hours after the meal, 
if they don't understand that there's still insulin on board that yeah it's a and that's a lot of understanding too it is honestly it is you know because i'm sure that arden believes that you know if we say this is 20 carbs and she dials up 20 carbs on that pdm and pushes the button that we've done the right thing and that's how it's gonna go you, right. you know, I don't know that she understands four steps deeper into the whole situation yet. I'm, exactly. You know, she's getting there, but it's slowly and by design slowly. You know, we're not trying to dump it on her all at once. And I just don't think it's something that she'd be particularly ready for, to be perfectly honest. You right. know, at, the, at this point, I'm just, I'm proud of her that, you know, she doesn't, you know, she picks up her purse. Like you know, her purse has her CGM and her phone and her PDM in it. And there's a lot of acronyms in there. And, um... <laughs> And, uh, and you know, she doesn't leave it anywhere. She always has it with her. You know, it's, she's playing softball. It's hanging on the fence, you know, in the dugout. If she's, you know, that same bag three days later for the fifth grade social is, you know, around her waist or around her or over her shoulder, you know, when all the girls get together and they're like, oh, let's take a picture, you know, and she's she's got her purse on her and there like, you know, and yeah. she'll, she sits, she's like, hold on. She takes it off and sets it down for a second and comes back and. You know, I just think that's, you know, as an adult, someone who still finds himself looking around for his car keys and his phone sometimes. Exactly. You know, I think that's an amazing uh-huh. thing. I think it it's is. amazing that when she goes to bed, she plugs in, you know, every night when Arden goes to bed, she plugs in her cell phone, she plugs in her Dexcom receiver, you know, she puts her PDM at her bedside for me, like, so I can find it at night and things like that. That's, you know, I can't, my son's, <laughs> my son's plate is still on his desk from where he was doing his homework last night and he's five years older than she is it's huge and again I think it's it is that early diagnosis and that's just really all that they know I just really worry about these kids that are diagnosed at at 10 or at 13 or at 16 and they just they can't accept it and they want to hide it I just I really worry about those families because it's it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's we all have something and no. I don't know. Those are the ones I really worry about so, because it's kind of a badge of honor for Mason. You know, he kind of shows off a little bit, if you will. Like I'm gonna make my finger bleed. And <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> stab myself with a needle. He's got a parlor trick. He can. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, Will it's you just... just never phased him, and I hope that continues. I guess it could change at any time, but I'm very thankful for that. I'm. I mean, I. I would have to admit that I'm. I'm concerned. You know, in the long in the long term, like I. I just can't. I can't imagine where parenting's going to go, mm-hmm. having a having a teenager with diabetes. You know, I, I'm sure it's not going to be an easy road no. over over the next number of years. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm trying to take that part one day at a time and just try to keep making good decisions that I think put us in the right direction and just hope for the best and then read and react after that. But I, I kind of want to go back to something you, you said you said a bunch of times just now that so you're you're worried about other kids and these are theoretical people that you're worried about. They're not. It's not like yes. you know a thousand people with with type one diabetes. What is it that because I feel very similar. To what you're saying, you know, I think that, you know, a blog that goes on for Arden's Day is going to be eight years old this summer. You know, at some point, it's not a money-making venture. It's not, you know, it's not something someone's making me do. It, it, I end up doing it because I feel like it helps people. But 
I also, I start feeling like, and I was, I was, I did DSMA uh, live or Mm -hmm. I did DSMA rents the other, the other week. And I said to Scott uh, Johnson that, that, you know, I recently got an email from somebody. It was a really lovely email. And at one point in the email, she says, you know, that her son's A1C is down a full point. And she really like steadfastly believes it's because of the things she read on my blog. Right. And I said to him at the time, I was like, what am I going to do this year that's better than that? Like having some small part in some little boy's A1C being lower, you know, or, or, or having his family having less stress about it or anything like that. Like, so what is it, what, what is it about the community that makes you feel like, obviously you're helping you, you've got something set up at, at, a, at your local hospital and you're, and you're doing, you know, support for people. But what do you think it is about about the community that drew you to want to be part of it and, and in a, in a, in a, in an active way, the way you are. Well, okay. So when we were di- when Mason was diagnosed, we lived in Michigan mm-hmm. and we were, he was taken to Mott children's hospital at university of Michigan and we had fantastic care. You know, we had a social worker, endocrinologist, dietitian, CDE. We got phone calls every day for two weeks and then it went to weekly and it went to monthly and we just got fantastic care. But I thought, you know, we're bringing home a kid with a chronic disease that needs, you know, around the clock, you know, this must be just how they do it. Well, then that first year when I started reaching out online, talking to people, I realized that not everybody gets that. Yeah. Um, that type of care that they didn't even meet with a dietitian, that they didn't have those phone calls, that they didn't have that support. So then, when I moved, when we moved to Ohio, I ended up getting involved with the Parent Advisory Council at Akron Children's Hospital, and. That group has kind of allowed me, I've been serving on that group for two and a half years, and that's kind of grown to where now we're starting a diabetes parent advisory group. So our mission basically is to provide the voice of the parents and the caregivers to enhance the philosophy of patient and family-centered care at the hospital, all with the goal of, you know, optimal health and wellness for the child. We have We've now had three events. Each event just keeps getting bigger. Um, I think we've had we had a hundred people at our last event, so we're really excited. Um, I worry about those kids that are diagnosed later in life. I worry about the underinsured and the ones that can't have all this technology that we're blessed with. Um, I worry about the psychosocial effect of the disease on these kids. And I... Sounds like you're doing a lot to try to give back to that. Is, are these just big meetings? That Are there speakers? Do people ask questions? Or what okay. happens at them? So our group, how we're running it is we're just doing family outings. Okay. So our first one was a Halloween party. We had a, I think we had about 60 people. Um, you know, just a haunted walk and all kinds of games. And we got a really great response. Then our second event was a bowling party. Um, 
you know, we serve dinner, everything is free of charge. Um, and then this last one, we did a skating party. So we're trying to do family friendly activities because the support group atmosphere is more for the parents, mm -hmm. but then we see what, how the kids react. You know, I, I really thought Mason enjoyed these events because of the fun in the games. And every time we come home from one of these events, I get this big hug and he's like, thanks for doing this mom. How did you get this all started? Like how, what were the steps that were taken to, to make this a reality? Well, Akron children's really made it easy because they want the voice of the parents. They really want to have family centered care and it's difficult to do that. Sorry, my phone's No, me. it's fine. With, um, you want to answer it? That's fine. We can all listen. Oh no, that's okay. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it's really hard to do that without parents who are non-medical people, who are lay people who can help you with the family-centered care to make sure that you're providing that for the families. Yeah. So, again, Akron Children's just made it kind of easy. We've kind of spun this diabetes support group off of that and... That's just my main goal is I want the parents involved because we love talking. Like you and I have had long phone conversations and the parents need support, but the kids also need support. So you're sort of, you're creating the, 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 the diabetes online community in real life. You're just, basically. You're, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Do, yeah, do so you, do you think it's translating for those people? Do you think that in real life is enough for them or do you see them now finding online as well? I don't know. I think some of them already have reached out online. Um, but I think that, I think that's good for the parents. I just don't, I just don't think it translates to the kids enough. Yeah. It's, it's, so. I mean, it, it is tough. I know for Arden, like she doesn't, she has very little to do with my blog. She doesn't, ever really ask about it or you know it's not like you know i think once she wrote something that she wanted on it years ago and mm -hmm. other than that other than that other than to tell me you know which pictures are okay and which ones aren't okay <laughs> she doesn't have any she doesn't you know it's not something that struck her yet as being important right um and but she also does go to school with like a number of kids who have diabetes so she do, she does know people in in her own you know her own real life world right and and so I don't think she needs to find others. But for people who don't know people in real life, it, that sounds amazing. I mean, you guys are getting together and doing big events that are, are bringing people who would otherwise not meet each other together. And you're creating connections that I'm sure are now supporting those people in ways that you're not even aware of anymore. I'm sure they're making their own personal relationships at these things oh, and yeah, keeping it going. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're really excited. We have a lot of things on the horizon. We're planning a walk in our community. We are having a pool party in August. So we have a lot of events coming up. I am so excited. And I think that eventually we would like to get some. Michelle, did I lose you? 
Hello. These role models who aren't ashamed, Michelle, who aren't afraid to... Yeah. I lost you. I'm sorry. After uh, you said, I think, eventually, and then you disappeared okay. for a second. Can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Okay. Um, eventually, we would like to have some speakers come in. Um, I, w I think it's really important for the kids to see these professional athletes and Sierra Sanderson, Miss Idaho, um, wearing her insulin pump on the runway. I mean, these are, that's a huge deal Yeah. for these kids to see that she's, you know, rocking her insulin pump on the runway and is proud of it, is not going to hide it. It's part of who she is. And I'm just really proud of her for doing that. And I just, I just don't know if she knows how many lives she's affected by that gesture. Well, I think you're you're right on because the three of the most popular things that I see on the blog is Sierra was one of them. Like just that whole show me your pump thing that she did mm -hmm. and wearing her insulin pump, you know, during the Miss America pageant. People love that. Chris Freeman, when he was at the Olympics last year, you know, skiing with type one diabetes. Yeah. That was just my God, people, I could not get enough of like that. Like I, I was writing about Chris every day for a week while he was in the Olympics. Right. And then the other thing, uh, and not a famous person, but what I hear back from a lot from parents is just how much support they get out of seeing Arden be very active in softball with diabetes. Just a regular person, you know, just a regular little kid like their kids doing something, um, you know, that's, that's intensive and athletic. And it just makes everybody feel like it's much more, you know, it's more reasonable for them to be doing something similar, something that they may have been afraid to, to kind of embark on up until then. You're doing a really great thing here. This is fantastic, Thank Michelle. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, you should be. It's really for me. And then I love that Mason's getting something out of it. And I love that these events keep growing. But I just, yeah, it's great. The more I volunteer, the more I find I want to volunteer. No, it, it's difficult. <laughs> I, I probably end up repeating myself a lot on the podcast, but very difficult to put into words how watching someone else be helped by something is so uplifting personally for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's um, it's not an ego-based driven thing. It's, it's I don't know how to, I, I just, I'm, so far I've not been able to put it into words, but I feel better <laughs> watching other people feel better. So Yes, exactly. So what kind of... Um, you know, Mason is using pump and CGM. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what he's using now. He's using Omnipod and Dexcom. Thanks to you. Thanks to Lorraine and Caleb and for all of you guys sharing your stories. Uh, we've been on Omnipod now for four years, five years. Mm -hmm. So it, I think it's the only pump for us. I just can't imagine the tubes on my child right. um and then dexcom is just i don't know which is more life-changing i mean to see the data and to see <laughs> what is going on inside his body is like you know the blind seeing i just can't i love it i'm addicted to it now with night scout I have an old iPhone, you know, on a charging stand next to my bed and I can just roll over and know exactly what he is. And I, I still get up. I still look. I don't sleep through the night. I don't guarantee. I'm not guaranteeing to myself that that's going to wake me up. Right. 
Um, and if, if something's wrong or I'm questioning something, I go prick his finger, but it, that has been just life changing and it's allowed Mason a lot more freedom. And you're, and you're using Night Scout with the Dexcom share? Yes. No, not yet. Dexcom, not share yet. You're not using the share yet? No. Okay. So explain that a little bit in case people don't, don't quite understand. Okay. So. We are using Night Scout with our Dexcom through the CGM in the cloud group. Okay. And what we've done is attached our Dexcom with a cord to a cell phone that transmits that information from Dexcom to a website that picks it up. I also have the Pebble Watch which picks up the website so I can get all of his Dexcom readings on my watch or on the website on my computer. And do you use the watch a lot? Oh, yes. I wear it every day. Because yeah, I, I ordered an Apple Watch, and it's on its way in a couple of oh, weeks. Oh, good for you. So I'm going to see if how much I, I, I like that or not like it. I'm not sure. Yeah. But so for people listening, back in Episode 8 of the Juicebox Podcast, we talked to... Uh, one of the innovators of Night Scout um, yes. about it. So you can go check that out if you want to know. So yes. basically you can, the Dexcom CGM has Bluetooth in it now. So they just, they just changed it over. Yes. So you and I ordered it. Um, we're not up for our anniversary or our warranty upgrade until summer, but I think I'm ready. So I went ahead and ordered it online, so it should be coming pretty soon. But I still plan on doing the – I can't believe how much Night Scout's done with that already because I didn't want to give up my Pebble. And Mason's uploader phone is an Android. So I'm like, I'm not going to get him an, a new iPhone and, a, you know, yeah, do yeah. all this stuff. And, and so I'm gonna, I plan to use the bridge. If I can figure it out. <laughs> so I got, I think I have to go backwards just for a second for people, okay. just in case they don't understand. So um, prior to the new Dexcom share that has Bluetooth built into it, it did not have Bluetooth. And these really bright guys figured out how to hook an Android phone to the Dexcom receiver to send the data to the cloud and then back down to a Pebble Watch or another phone, you know, and everything. And that you can find out all about in episode eight or go to the CGM in the cloud Facebook page where there's a ton of really helpful people who would help you get set up. And um, I think we called it a hack. It, I mean, it is a hack and not, I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, yeah, but, I but, don't like that term. Yeah. It, it, I'm sorry. No, no, no. What, well, go ahead. Tell me why. Well, it's, it's my information. So I just, I refuse to use that word because I think it was a little bit criminalized um, by some of the comments that Dexcom made. I don't know. I feel like it's it's our information. We're just viewing it in a different way. Yeah, and see, for me, the word, it, I don't think of it, I think of the word as technical. I, I think you, you took a piece of technology and you found a different way into it or to get the information out of it a different way. Like, I don't even, I don't have a connotation to the word, I guess. But yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I realize that some people do. So anyway... There are, there are people who figured out how to get the information out of it, send it to the cloud so that you could use it on your watch. So your kid could be off at school with their Dexcom and, and then their rig with the, the Android phone. 
and you're at yes. home with your your Pebble watch, looking at his his blood sugar in in fairly real time, and then, I guess probably not a full year after that happened, but now the FDA approved that for Dexcom. So now the Dexcom is uh, it comes with it. It comes with you know, so you don't have to pair the receiver right to a phone. Um, directly with a cable now it speaks bluetooth from the receiver to an iphone that you carry with you up to the cloud back down to an iphone ipad or apple watch but at the moment the kind of official way to do it through dexcom is only through ios and apple products Correct. where night scout has you can look on your browser on a pebble phone they've they've got it set up with with apple they these guys have they've figured out every different way to use it yeah, um, it's, it's amazing. We just got Night Scout in August. And then, like you said, with the new Dexcom being approved, it's I can't believe all the all the updates they've done. So, so quickly. it's an amazing group of people and it's all, you know, free consultation. I mean, they don't charge. It's, it, it's amazing. It's another great it's another great description of what the diabetes community is willing to do for itself. Like you're you know, look at it. You 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 started something in a hospital to help families and these guys, you know, figured out of, you know, originally I think John Costick was just trying to do this for his own child and then thought to himself, well, I can't just keep this to myself. You talk to other people about it. They thought, well, we can't keep this to ourselves and they made it public and they don't, they didn't just make it public and throw the code out. They support it through the Facebook group. You can actually go. Now my phone is ringing. You can actually go and get like real like support from people. Exactly. You know, who will walk you through the process and everything. It's amazing. Like any, any time of day, <laughs> y'all be having trouble with mine and I'll go onto the Facebook group and put a question out there at midnight and people are chiming in. And somebody it's, helps you. Yeah. Amazing. That's customer service. That is customer so, service. <laughs> so, okay. So, so Mason's using CGM. He's using Omnipod, but unbelievable they're leaving a message no one leaves a message anymore I and think I, we have the same phone oh too. i'm sure i think everyone has that phone at this point that panas <laughs> does everyone have the panasonic portable phone um that's what it is it's a panasonic. everyone loves that phone so um so but you said that and we don't we don't want to talk about numbers and i, I completely understand but you're you're still struggling getting mason's a1c to where you want it to be or where you're hoping for it to be yes it's getting better um, we're, we're right there with, you know, where we should be, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a struggle. I don't, I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Cause you're, dili- like you're, I- you're diligent over, you're diligent over it. Cause that's where I saw, you know, the couple of places I've talked about it before, but a couple of the places that I hit that made the big difference for us was we did cut a couple of foods out that were yeah. counterproductive. Um, but taking advantage of the overnight hours was another big jump. I mean, the Dexcom allowed me to do that. I, I always want to say to people, you know, like Arden's blood sugar overnight, like we're very, I'm very comfortable with it being, you know, I think last night she was 80 most of the night. And I'm completely comfortable with that because I'm able to track it. You, you know, if it, if I was blind to it and she wasn't wearing a CGM, then I, I can't possibly say I'd be thrilled if her blood sugar was 80 overnight. No. Right. Well, 80 and flat is something totally different than just 80. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're seeing a it's nice different. calm line and it, it looks like everything's going along pretty well. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but that's where I got a big 
that that was the next big cut in her A1C. That that's where that came down. Yeah, and, I got that. I that's really good right now. What when I get him to where I need him overnight, he stays there. Nice and stable. It's uh, it's the daytime that we're struggling with at the moment. But again, he's having horrible seasonal allergies right now. And when you talk to your endocrinologist, they want to tell me that it doesn't affect blood sugars, and I it does. Even if it's it just, it could just be stress too. I mean, if he's yeah. overwhelmed with watery eyes or sneezing or something, that could just affect yeah. him, you know, it, 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 to, to not say that stress has a big part of it, you know, you, you would have wanted to have been, you know, at, at Arden's softball game just recently when she walked out on the field and her blood sugar was like 120. I'm like, this is going to be great. And five seconds into the game. It, it just jumped up like 40 points because mm-hmm. the adrenaline hit her and the, you know, the stress of the moment and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, and that is, so the other side of it is when, when Mason's at school, how do you handle school? I have a wonderful nurse and I, I got her a pebble and it's, it's the perfect situation. I, I mean, she's there. She's not there all day. She's okay. only there from 10 to 2, and he's there 8 to 2.30. Right. Um, but we just, that's where Night Scout has been so great with Dexcom is that we used to do a 10 a.m. check. Mm-hmm. But now we know if we can let it go or not. Yeah. Now we can leave him in class and say he's fine, lunch is in two hours, He's good. Right. You right. know, recess is in an hour. He, right now, he's good. You know, if he starts to drop, we'll go get him and, and give him something to eat. But it, she's fantastic. Yeah. Isn't she's, it funny that the one of the major, like, selling points of, of the remote monitoring and the, and the glucose monitoring together is, I mean, sure, it's to catch a low or to be able to bolus for a high you didn't expect, you know, in a timely fashion. But the, the real big component of it is just the nothingness, the, the ability, yeah. the ability to do nothing and not think about it. That's the, I mean, that really is great. Like, you know, it's been a half an hour since I told you Arden's blood sugar was at a hundred, which again, I never see 100, but now if I look back, I haven't thought about it since then because I haven't gotten an alarm. So I know by no alarms that she hasn't been under 80 or over 160 or raise, or rising or falling quickly. And now I, I pop open my phone and look and her blood sugar is 96. Yeah. It's, and I know there was that big hullabaloo about the comment made about the helicopter parenting. Yeah. I mean, I think that, but, I, th- I think that this isn't, that this isn't that. That's my point. Right. Like, yeah, it's are, a misconception. Yeah, I mean, right. are we watching? Are we? Yeah, we are. And our children are young, and we're trying to manage them in such a way that they can learn and take tests right. and be stable. I mean, he was in the two and three hundreds last week, and his allergies were acting up. He was congested and coughing and sneezing, and it was the state testing all week. It was is the worst situation possible. So, but I knew at least I had the heads up that it was going on. And then today he starts dropping and I text the nurse and she's like, yep, I see it on the pebble. I'm calling him up. And I, and I, that. yeah, that, that is, 
that's just using the technology that's available to make good decisions. I think when people, you know, snap, you know, make snap judgments like, oh, it's helicopter parenting. Like I've seen what you would consider to be helicopter parenting. And it is concerning from an, from an outsider's point of view, but this isn't that. It, there... it can be. And I, and I understand that. Right. And I do sometimes if he's good and I'm at school, cause I'm in school right now, mm -hmm. I will turn my watch off. The nurse is there. He's good. And the nurse knows what to do. Yeah. I will turn my watch off because I am watching it too much. But Mason's also done four sleepovers since August. And there, it's invaluable. I could hardly stand to do yeah. before because I would lay awake waiting for the parent to call and it would be 10 after 2 a.m. and I'm freaking out. Now I just know. You know, and I tell my friends if I call you, it's because I need you to test him. If you don't hear from me, he's fine. I've I'm had. Watching the, <laughs> it's, Arden, before all this technology existed, Arden had a sleep. She was at a sleepover where she and I were literally texting to each other until three in the morning where she was afraid to go to sleep because yeah. the parent didn't, you know, as well meaning as the parent was at the sleepover, they were long gone asleep. And Arden even texted me. She's like, I don't think this person completely grasps what we're doing here. So it was almost her. She almost took him out of the loop, you know, herself. Yeah. But we sat up all night till we were sure her blood sugar was good. And then the poor kid didn't go to bed till three o'clock. I didn't go to bed till three o'clock. You know, it was, it wasn't pleasurable in any way. And right. subsequent sleepover since then with this has been night and day. And, and even putting the app, the follow app onto the parent's phone in the house, you know, so they, right. so they're getting alarms overnight and mm -hmm. it's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, all of it is so life changing. It, all of it, but this has been, just, I am more focused on my school. I think he's more focused on his school. And again, we're not doing that 10 a.m. check every day at school because we can't see. We're doing, we, we let it go when we can let it go. And if he needs a correction, we call him up, we do it, and we get him back to class. But there's a lot of days it's just not even required. And that's more time so in the, in the classroom huge. for Mason then. He gets to stay in class longer. And, and not miss, not miss as much of his class. That's exactly. even that, even just for that is huge. I've talked about it already before. Missing class was, was, was a huge detriment to Arden in her like second, second grade and going into third grade. And then we switched over to just texting, which is in another episode of the, um, the earlier podcast I talk about just Arden doesn't go to the nurse to make decisions. Like she and I make them together through text messages that kept her in the classroom and, and, it's been again invaluable. It's her, her understanding of the of the material has increased. She's a much more confident student than she was prior. It's it's all good stuff. So. Right. All right. Well, we're coming up on an hour here, Michelle. Okay. You are um, pretty awesome and doing really great things in the Akron Thank community. You. Good you for are you. Awesome. No, I'm no, so no. glad I found you. Oh, oh please. <laughs> and and you really did. You know, I really do want to thank you publicly. Like you you shifted my blog and my concept of how to talk to people and what they needed. And you, you sent it into the stratosphere. I had a, a middling understanding of what I was doing before you were oh honest enough gosh. to talk to me. And, and oh. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for, we would not be where we are without your blog. And 
on Omnipod and on Dexcom. I was so afraid to pull that trigger on both of those technologies. You know, was I making the right choice? And I, I know after talking to you hours on end on the phone, and I know we made the right decision, and it's all these years later, and we're still doing it. So Dexcom, thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> Dexcom is the TiVo of diabetes, and here's what yes. I mean. <laughs> if, if I were to hand you a TiVo, you might say, oh, I already have a DVR, or I don't need a DVR. And then I would say, no, just use it for a couple of weeks. And then I come back a month later and I say, go ahead, give me the TiVo back now. You'd be like, no, no, oh I, you gosh, would stand yeah. at, my, at your front door and defend your TiVo with a baseball <laughs> bat if you needed to. And I think Dexcoms are really similar, like CGM monitoring is a similar thing. Like when you start talking about it, you think, well, it's another sensor, it's another thing to do, it's more technology. It all seems like I'm, I'm okay, I don't need that. And then once you see it work and you see the, you know, you see what it does for you. I, I don't know how anybody would give it back. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really cool stuff. Michelle, thank you very, very much for coming thank on my, my little podcast. And um, this is coming out tomorrow. So all right, sounds good. I will. I will pass it along on my Facebook. Oh, look at you. Thank you again. All right. All right. Thanks, Mich Scott. Michelle, bye bye. Bye. If you enjoy the juice box podcast, please take a moment to rate it and leave a review on iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there, and please tell a friend. You can find me on social media at Arden's Day and at Juicebox Podcast. Until next week. <laughs>